Hey, welcome everyone to Benzinga 2023, the Capital Conference down in Miami, Miami Beach. We're here on Plant Profits, and I am your host, Vern Davis. Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global, proudly. Uh, Adam Stedner, he is the CEO of Fund Canna, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. you you're doing well? I am, I'm doing great. You told me something totally different. No, I didn't. I told you it's been a whirlwind, but I'm I'm doing great. Yeah. Oh man, Fun Canada. That's very interesting about what you do, right? You've been in the you've been doing deals a long time. I have. Yeah, in the financial community, and, and you do special type of work, right? So let let's just talk about who's your customer. Sure. Who, yeah. Let's let's describe your customer. So we service the entire supply chain. Yeah. So cultivator down to dispensary, everything, everything in between, and yeah. ancillary. So ancillary nutrients, yeah. lighting. Okay. And we also work closely with CBD and hemp providers too. So okay. it's not just THC; it's really the cannabis plant as a whole. Yeah. And let's talk about some of the describe the customer, but let's talk about the situation. Sure. Okay. Why would I come to you? So there are a lot of reasons okay. that, that somebody might come to me. Uh, so first, let, let's start with the most common use that yeah. we see, invoice factoring. So basically- <laughs> That is your number one deal? Yeah, well, really, I, I mean, if we take that and just put it into layman's terms, because yeah. invo invoice factoring can mean a million things. So, so what does it really mean? What do people use the money for? We pay suppliers. Yeah. Cannabis is in this unique- the, the industry in a unique position in that the majority of goods are COD. Yeah. And most of the world does not function COD. It functions either terms or financing. And so what Funcana does is it either provides the financing mm -hmm. or the terms that gives an extension. So we pay COD. So is that an insurance policy? It's not. It's financing. No, it really, but it's basically an insurance policy. Well, it, it's, it allows... The reality is most cannabis operators, they, they run cash lean and they're hamstrung by the fact that they don't have liquidity. Okay. And so if, uh, let's use a manufacturer as an example. This is a real life example, just minus the company name. Let's do it. They buy flour in bulk so that yeah. they can create crude oil. Okay. And then they sell to processors that further process and turn into either edibles or, or a vape. But in order to do that, they buy this flour in bulk. They have to pay their cultivator partners cash or ACH, but they have to pay in advance of receiving the goods. So they have orders mm -hmm. that in order to fulfill those orders, it takes them between two and four months, buy the flour, process it, turn it into crude oil, lab test it, ship it. And, and so $250,000 order bulk flour, yeah. they have to put the quarter of a million out and then it takes them four months before they see revenue plus margin. So they're dead in the water, that 250 sits idle. So uh, then they get another order right behind it. So three weeks later, remember they're on a four month cycle. Yeah. Three weeks later, there's another order. They have to buy 100,000 worth of bulk flour to fill. And then they've got a four month cycle. Wow. Now they're out 350. That continues every few weeks. You're so, never going out of business. So well, so and hopefully neither are they. Yeah. Right with orders like that. That's right, Adam. So so what we do is we'll pay the two fifty, mm -hmm. and then we'll give them let's say twelve month terms, even though their cycle is only four months. Okay. But they have the ability to pay us back anytime they choose, and they pay only for time used. So in essence, what we've done is 
what what would have been, let's say, cash outlay of let's use the example of three hundred and fifty thousand, we'll lay all three fifty out, and they might pay us on a weekly basis eight nine thousand. Okay, and that's inclusive of cost of capital. Now the first four month cycle turns into revenue. They can pay us off only for time used. We reconcile true up. Their line is available again. And so they just keep cycling through that line and, and our capital becomes a lifeline so that they can grow. Where before, if they had 350 liquid, yeah. that's all they can do. They lay out the 350, they can't take more orders because they can't buy more flour. So now we infuse that system mm-hmm. with additional liquidity. Now they're able to take on more orders. And really the ideal from their perspective is a hybrid of their own capital plus ours. And it enables them to grow. Now, we that example I just gave you, a real example, they came to us in February of 22. It was only my second month funding the space. Okay. I've been funding 20 years, but the space, space. Dude, the space coming on, we're, we're 14, 15 months. Are you exclusively cannabis now? Only cannabis oh, now. I left uh, commercial and consumer finance to focus on cannabis. Okay. But in the 14 months that we've been funding them, he's funded 28 cycles of purchasing flour, manufacturing into crude, and his revenue has grown by 320%. So he said, I was a hamster on a wheel Mm -hmm. before you came because I only had my cash. I couldn't take more orders. And so this vicious cycle of being stuck continued. We came in, we enabled him to grow. As his revenue went up, we could fund larger purchases. Yeah. What was roughly a $3 million a year business is now nine and a half. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And you helped him get there. By uh, yeah, that, that, and that's why we wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an unconventional solution for an unconventional situation. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like that. Now, okay, so you do all kinds of stuff, though. So that's that's your everyday deal, right? That Yeah, that is... Uh, I mean, that's kind of why you're... I, I would say it's 80% of what we do. Okay, so that's... Yeah, but, but again, across the entire supply chain, right? Yeah, so so you have customers, potentials. So in that example, actually, yeah. the cultivator ended up borrowing from us, and he has both indoor and outdoor grows. Yeah. He added 15,000 square feet indoor using our capital. Yeah. He ended up expanding 20 additional acres by getting the soil and the field ready, uh, again, using our capital. Right. And then interestingly, someone that buys the crude oil to <clears throat> distill it, he ended up turning a few of his customers our way, uh, two of which ended up financing us as well. So now we're in the supply chain ecosystem. Yeah. He's now receiving money from us on behalf of some of his processors. So uh, that's, pretty, pretty cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. That, that is pretty cool. And seeing people come back because... I always say, and I mean this warmly, yeah. you can sell or convince anyone to do something once. Yeah. But if it doesn't go well for them, good luck trying to sell them again. Right. So I always feel like when you create financial product, whether it's consumer, commercial, or for cannabis, the the trick in finding out whether or not it works for your client isn't whether they say yes. It's whether they say yes again. again. That's yes. right. And so, and so true in many yeah. places. Yeah. So it, it's great to see repeat business and again after 14 months half of our monthly uh fundings are already a repeat client that's great yeah yeah how how did you get to cannabis i actually love uh telling this story because it's a surprise right so i here i'll i'll say i was in consumer lending student loans okay and i did student lending for about five years and in that time 
um, did $14 billion on balance sheet in student lending. Okay. And then the financial crisis hit, and I lost all my credit lines. Okay. And uh, I figured after $14 billion, if I can't get access to capital, how is small business going to get money? Yeah. So I started another company in small business lending. Uh, where I funded roughly 100,000 clients uh, for $3 billion. Uh-huh. And then the pandemic hit. So it's like crisis after crisis. Pandemic hits, and I'm sitting at home. I have 220 employees. Uh-huh. I'm owed $120 million from small businesses. We're all forced to close. And wow. a friend sends me a text and says, hey, there's something on CNN right now about small businesses being closed. Okay. So I put CNN on. And they do a segment about business in general during the pandemic. But part of that segment is cannabis has been deemed essential. And, uh, and it cuts to a B-roll of dispensaries during cannabis with people wearing masks, fully open for business while I'm sitting at home because I'm not allowed to go to work. <laughs> yeah. And all of my customers are closed. So I started doing research on cannabis Aside from what I know as a, a consumer of cannabis, I knew very little about supply chain and how the operation worked. So I started studying. And what I saw was there are 15,000 businesses that service small business, non-cannabis. There are 500 that service cannabis. So I'm thinking less than 5%. Uh-huh. How many of those lend? Because I know of the 15,000 businesses, they approve for lending. They approve 100% for deposit. Yeah, of course. What? A quarter? They, 15? 20 to 25%. Yeah. You nailed it. Okay. You nailed it. So I'm thinking, okay, if it's 20 to 25% for non-cannabis, maybe it's, like you said, mm-hmm. 10 to 15%, right. but there are only 500 banks. But what I learned is it's zero unless there's real estate. Okay. So banks will not approve to lend to the manufacturer of crude oil that I referenced earlier or the cultivator. Even those that will take deposits will not lend to them unless they're lending against a hard asset like real estate. Right. So I saw the opportunity and I started studying the supply chain, inflow and outflow of money, timeline between cash outlay to revenue. And I realized there was a huge gap. And I figured with 20 years of lending, there was a need to create financial product that was designed for this unique industry and the supply chain and the timelines. So I started working on that and it took about a year for me to feel like I understood enough where I could be an effective partner to the space. And once I got to that point, I gave notice to my board and and my private equity firm in the other business and I started Fund Count. And here we are. Yeah, it's great. We are. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a great story. That's great. And it all... Off of CNN. And, and, and another shut-in success story. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere. Well, and that's the thing. I, I yeah. Like, I've always said uh, um, there are two things, right? Like, you can be born out of the ashes. Yeah. Right? Or you can just burn. I love And, and yeah. so each time there's a crisis, you look for the opportunity. Yeah. And although the other business ended up doing well, incredibly well, actually, like, I, I during that year where I was studying cannabis supply chain, yeah. I made sure the other business made it through. So right. That business made it through the pandemic, and then it was time to leave. And now I used that year of studying to make sure I was leaving the other business in a good place. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's good things going to happen yes. for you, because you did it the right way, man. That's exactly right. That's how you look at it, right? Uh, listen, 
that that I quote Justin Timberlake all the yeah. time. What comes around goes around. It goes around. Yeah, yeah. And so I always try to do the right thing with the belief that it, it works out. Now you do some other debt financing, right? Well, with the primary yeah. for us is short duration. Short duration. Short duration money for the supply. But we'll do we'll do hybrid products. We'll do fee only for set periods okay. of time. And we do some equipment, but we, we don't do a lot of equipment because candidly, traditional equipment financers, uh, uh, financing companies, they do that better than I will. Mm-hmm. That's not my, my expertise is design a product that is a void currently, try to fill that void. Yeah. So like real estate lending, I don't do it. You don't do, you don't touch. It. I don't touch real estate. I'm not an expert at that. No. I, I don't, I'm not, I never want to be, I'm the first guy to tell you what I don't know. Yeah. I don't know real estate lending. Yeah. And on the equipment side, we try to structure deals where it makes sense. But candidly, we've partnered with a few people that are better at it than we are. Okay. So what we found now is when we have like large equipment deals, yeah. better that we partner or we refer to people that we trust, that we know have integrity. Yeah. Because ultimately I still want to partner with that client on the other needs. If I send them to someone that doesn't take good care of them, yeah. I'm really burning the relationship for myself as well. No, totally, totally understand that. We do that same thing in our business at Protus. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It's your brand, right? Our reputation's all we have. That's all we got. If someone Googles you, yeah. they're really Googling your reputation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I protect that more than anything else. That's right. That means- how you treat people, that ma- it matters. Right. That's yeah. great. So how are people finding out about you? So, well, we, we do a fair bit of marketing. What kind of marketing are you doing? It's interesting. So mm-hmm. prior life, I was focused primarily direct mail, pay-per-click. Yeah. Here, it's much harder in the sense that this industry is so fragmented. Finding who to mail yeah. in itself is difficult. Yeah, sure. What kind is it difficult? When I, when I want to mail small business, I can go to Dun & Bradstreet. Yeah. I can go to Info yeah. USA, Info Group. Yeah. I can go to Experience right? TransUnion, you name it. Here, if I want to find cannabis businesses, none of those sources maintain a list for cannabis. It's incredible. So um, trust me, I tried and I have contacts at all those organizations from prior life. Yeah, exactly. None of them, first, they won't touch it. And second, even if they could, they haven't compiled the database. So uh, there are companies uh, in the space that do two, really, um, and so we've worked with them and we, we are now mailing. We just started about a month ago okay. mailing to this industry. Uh, we do some pay-per-click, but same. You think of search engines, Google, mm-hmm. others. They don't want anything with cannabis in the name. Yeah. And so you have to find the way to market into this industry in a way that doesn't violate their guidelines. How does Twitter play or could it play? It's so... It's very hard. It could play because Twitter allows cannabis, right? right? right. But it's better for brands and dispensaries. And, and that's really because Twitter is not great at targeted marketing. I'm only looking for B2B. Yeah. Right? Where, where brands and dispensaries, it's really anyone might be a consumer of cannabis and therefore it's a great channel for them. For me, it's not a great channel because I don't want to reach someone that is a consumer of cannabis. Sure. I want to reach the store that sells it to them yeah. or the manufacturer that makes it. And Twitter is not good at targeting. That, Facebook would be, but they won't allow the advertising. That is such a cool idea. You ought to call that guy yeah. and let him know he needs a B2B Twitter. I don't think that guy is taking my phone call. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would love it if he did. Oh, There's lots I would like to talk no, about. Oh, I bet you would. Yeah, I bet you would. Not. So what's going to happen to your business when the walls come down on the banking? Uh, so I, again, love that yeah. question too. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, the layups, man. So, so well, and this is the thing. They're, yeah. they're, they're definitely not layups. These are the challenges that I think about. Okay. So, and in many cases, it is a problem to either solve, but I've never, first I'll say, I've never viewed banks as competitors. Banks have always been partners for me in everything I've done. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason is we, we know an SMB, small, medium-sized businesses, SMB, non-cannabis, they approve to 20, 25%. Okay. So that leaves not only the uh, 75 to 80 that they don't approve, uh-huh. but often um, their terms are onerous. Yeah. For large business, banks are amazing. Yeah. For depositors, banks are amazing. They're great at what they do. Yeah. But for small business, the process is not really geared. They have a box and you fit it or you don't. Yeah. And the process is onerous. Underwriting takes a long time. Yeah. Business moves quickly. Yeah. And needs are now needs. They're not later needs. Yeah. So I found in small to medium-sized business, if I had a million applicants and I funded 100,000 of those applicants yeah. and $3 billion of opportunity closed, clearly there was avoided banking. I would love That's right. for banking to be less expensive uh-huh. for deposit accounts, for banking to help support large purchase asset-backed purchases like real estate, like some equipment, Mm. because I know that the void will always exist. If it exists for consumer and it exists for traditional commercial, Mm -hmm. I will be an excellent partner for both banks and the industry when things are less expensive and it's easier to open accounts. We deal with accounts, clients that get closed by traditional banks all the time. Even if the entity is not plant touching, if, the, if it's in a, even in a tertiary manner connected to cannabis, Nothing. the bank will close it. As soon as they figure out that there's some correlation, yeah. they shut the account down. Yeah. So you're forced then to only go to cannabis-friendly banks. You'll never go away, will you? Where, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, but trust me, I, I have anxiety over all the things that I can do wrong, yeah. either by making mistakes and missteps or by failing to service the industry. So uh, that anxiety is fuel. It doesn't slow me down. It makes sure that I'm on my toes. Uh, and I hope I don't screw up. Um, and if I don't screw up, I think I'll be around for yeah. a while. So do you hire bankers? Typically, no. Yeah. The only time I like to hire bankers and yeah. never senior, and I'll explain why, because okay. bankers are awesome, but they're just not- You keep saying that. Well, they're not for me. <laughs> they they are, but they, you yeah. know, they're, they're bound by regulations and rules that they must comply with or they go away. And so I don't necessarily think it's the individual banker's fault. I think it's a, there is a system that requires a lot of regulation and compliance. And in order to be, if cannabis is federally illegal, they can touch it, but it requires a lot of FinCEN reporting and SARS reporting and suspicious activity reporting uh-huh. just to make sure that they're compliant. And they have to build out teams to handle this. Yeah. Once those walls come down, as you say, yeah. they should bank it and they'll take deposit. But it's not going to be like JPM, JP Morgan Chase is not rushing to cannabis tomorrow right. because the entire industry is $35 billion right now. Yeah. Right. That's like it's not even a pimple for a, a bank that's doing trillions. Right. Right. So. No, you're right. So but but eventually banking will be widespread. It just will. Um, but it'll be a, always a high-risk industry like alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, but it will still be banked, more widely banked. 
But the banks that service the space now do that quite well. They're not going to lend to it the way I do. Uh, Adam Stedner he is the CEO of Fund Canna. That's our show. And Plant Profits here in Miami at the Benzinga Capital Conference 2023. Please go to Plant Profits, pick up the podcast, download it, take a look at You listen to it, take a look at it, enjoy it, have fun with it. We love that you would want to do something like that. And also take a look at Protus Global, my company, and really understand how we are building companies and how we're changing lives. Until next time, this is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.